Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, well, the NHL trade deadline came and went, and guess what? The Tampa Bay Lightning did not make a deal. We'll tell you why they decided to stay put. Then they went out and jumped out to a 2-0 lead against the Los Angeles Kings, then allowed three goals in the third period, but they come back and they win 4-3 to in a shootout. The Lightning now only the fourth team in NHL history to reach 100 points after just 63 games. I'm off to the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Jason Light, the Bucks GM, will talk on Wednesday along with Bruce Arians and so we'll get ready for the storylines at the Combine and the Rays still waiting for their first win of the spring training. We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Burstick. Hey before we get started do you want to be a millionaire? Well for 30 years Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Now, Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of this great offer on some brand new quality train air conditioning units, and you can also schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, Millionaire. All right, Steve, so you were at Emily Arena where the Lightning had kind of a wild game against the Los Angeles Kings. Not a great team, but they battled hard, falling down 2 to nothing, but came back and then had the three goals in the third period. The Lightning hold on to win that one in a shootout. But let's go back uh, to what happened or what didn't happen by 3 p.m. on Monday. That's when the NHL trade deadline came about. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, we had talked about this as a possibility. Uh, you know, Maybe they would make a deal at the last minute. Maybe Wayne Simmons uh, would be a guy that they were interested in in Philadelphia. Turns out they made no trade at all. They did absolutely nothing. Uh, let me get your thoughts first about that. Now, what we don't know is Simmons, who was actually traded to Nashville, you know, what Philadelphia was asking explicitly in terms of players or picks or a combination of that uh, to trade him to Tampa Bay. But I think, you know, we've talked about this being a possibility that they got to be awfully glad with how they're playing. I mean, they're lapping the field at this point. And could they have really done something that would have significantly, you know, helped their team uh, for the postseason? Or are they just really happy with the guys they have and the fact that there's so much depth right now? There's some pretty good players that can't get on the ice as it is. Well, that's one of the things Julian Breesbois talked about after the trade deadline was, look, we're sitting out a defenseman. We're sitting out forwards every day that deserve to be playing and are playing well. You know, we've got an abundance and you're going to add another person in that room. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you going to make room for them? Now, you know, could you have used a Wayne Simmons? I like a lot of things he brings. Now, some people, including Jay Feaster on Monday, were questioning whether he had the, the, the skating ability to hang with the Lightning and mm. whether he would have fit in, in that regard. Uh, Adam McQuaid, uh, defenseman we talked about from the Rangers who went to Columbus, you know, he, might, he would have been a good, you know, seventh, eighth defenseman for depth. I mean, that's one of the things – I think going into the playoffs is the Lightning have seven defensemen. You know, is Jan Ruda really your eighth defenseman, and are you comfortable with him in a playoff game? 
Um, I think if, if, if there's a weakness on this team and, and I say weakness, meaning, you know, it's just the, the area of most need, not that it's really that weak is that if you have two defensemen down during the playoffs, now I start questioning how deep you are. You, I, I would have liked to have seen an eighth defenseman added, but as far as the team that you're putting on the ice every night at this point, and assuming you don't have a, a lot of injuries, it's hard to argue with what they're doing. I mean, every, every challenge that's been put in front of them this year, every time you sit there and say, here's a trap game that they, they should probably lose. Uh, it seems like they win those games that, that this team is, it really feels like they're on a mission that they're out, you know, years of starting back in, in 2015 when they went to the cup final against Chicago and, and had a two, one series lead in that series. And then lost three games in a row for the first time all season to lose that series in six to the the next you know two Eastern Conference finals that they made and missing the playoffs one year and and I think there's still 11 players from that 15 final team on this roster plus uh, there's several Ranger players that have uh, you know Anton Strawman and that who've played in the finals for the Rangers that weren't on that Lightning team that this is a they have a lot of veterans on this team a lot of guys have been through a lot of playoff games that are still in the primes of their career and it's hard to argue with what they do on the ice every night that it, it, it seems like nothing really phases this team, even tonight. Granted, L.A. is not a very good team, but you give up three goals in the third and you go down 3-2, and it was a minute or two later, J.T. Miller ties it up. And now yeah. it's 3-3, and you send it to overtime, you go to the shootout. Mm-hmm. Nothing phases this team. And it's hard to argue, do you really want to mess up from the chemistry in the room to everything else? As you know, Julian Breesbaugh mentioned, this team has shown – it's proven to me that we didn't need to add anything. I mean, you know, he said going into the year, we probably thought we were going to have to add a right-handed defenseman at the trading deadline. But Eric Chernak right. stepped up. And mm-hmm. he's a top-four defenseman playing fantastic hockey right now. So you don't need that need anymore. And this roster has been built over four or five years. And, and if you really want to talk about a trade deadline move, it was, you know, this year's team is impacted by last year's trade deadline when they traded for J.T. Miller and Ryan McDonough. And both of yeah. them had – the, the, the rest of last season under contract plus this year. And, bo- and now they've both been extended to extensions that will kick in after this season. But you made that trade last year knowing that that was going to impact at least two seasons, last year and this year. And Ryan McDonough has been an absolute stud for this team. And J.T. Miller is playing very well right now. You know, look at the additions to this team that they've made. Eric Chernak, who we just talked about as far as weren't expecting him to step up the way he has. Anthony Sorelli has been fantastic. And, you know, he, he came up, I think, March 1st last year. Played well, but you know he's really taken it to another level this year. And then Matthew Joseph, you didn't necessarily expect to be as impactful as he's been all year. You do have new pieces you added this season to the teams that have done so well over the last few seasons. Right, and as uh, Diana Neros, who wrote in the Tampa Bay Times about this today, you can read that on TampaBay.com, talked about that you know Breezebois thought that he might, as you just mentioned, add another right-handed, uh, right-shot defenseman. And, and all these things you just mentioned has kind of been organically – um, you know, and, and in terms of, um, you know, being a fast team, Adam Ernie has a tough time playing. Matthew Joseph, you know, mentioned ad speeds. Uh, uh, Danik Martell. I mean, you know, all these guys brought the depth that they need. And so uh, really, you know, the best trade you make maybe is the one you don't, as they say in, in pro sports. And I think that's that's what Breezeball thought. He said, uh, we're sitting out some really good players now, to your point. And when they go into the lineup, they look really good, and, and they make it hard for coaches to sit them out. So one of the things you look for is usually depth, and um, that's what they have. That's what they have first and foremost. So 
again, uh, the message he sent, I guess he said, is just one of calm, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that should be the message or not, that's, that's sort of how they've gone about their business all year. That's how the players have played. And even in this game, look, this was a, uh, you know, an L.A. Kings team that is having a really bad year. But they've got some really good players on the team. Um, you know, they got some all-stars on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they could have, at 2-0, they could have folded it up, but they didn't. These, these are some guys that have won Stanley Cups before. And so, you know, Kopachar and some of those other guys rallied them, and it was explosive there in the third period. I mean, they put up three without much effort or so it seemed, and all of a sudden the Lightning are going to lose this game but they still have enough character and just, you know, when it's winning time, they find a way to win. And I think it was a JT Miller that tied it up. It I was, believe. yes. Yeah. On, on, Stamkos yeah, made got, the steal and then passed it over to Miller. Yeah. Perfect, perfect play by, by Stamkos and then Miller. Uh, and then of course, uh, you know, the overtime was wild and then they go to the shootout and they were trailing in the shootout as well. And, you know, big goal uh, by Nikita Kucherov to keep them in, in the shootout. And then Victor Hedman, um, gets the one that uh, puts it away for them. So uh, just the character of this team to do whatever it takes to win. You know, this is a game that, you know, everybody takes a breath. There's no deals made. No one's leaving the, the locker room. No one's leaving Tampa. No one's coming. Um, and they had the game in control. And it could have easily slipped away from them as it did in the third period. But they, they when it's winning time, they win. And this is now nine wins in a row, um, which – you know, ties the franchise the most, record. Yeah, it ties the record for the for the. I was going to say for the for the franchise, and so you know, who knows how many they end up winning here before the streak ends. But it, it it's an unbelievable year. And you mentioned the. the I mean, to have a hundred points in sixty three games, only the fourth team in NHL history. This is a historical franchise, and we don't even know where this thing is going to end. I mean, we don't know what ultimately what their regular season record is going to be. No, I mean, they're, they're at 48 wins right now. The record is 62. So they need 14 wins of their next 19 games. To get I mean, to not the, impossible. To the, yeah, to tie the Red you know? Wings. No, it's not impossible. Right. Not the clip they're playing. Absolutely not. Now, you know, they do have three games left against Boston. they got three left against Washington. Um, I think they still have two against Toronto. Maybe it's one. Um, you know, they got some tough teams still to play. Like I said, right. you, know, you haven't played Washington at all this season. And I think that's the, the next best team in the East, to be honest. Right. Boston, of course, in your division. And, and they always play tough because they're a really good team. So, you know, whether they can actually get to 62 wins, but I think that's a challenge for them. And Kucherov wants to win the scoring title. I mean, he was leading late last year and then didn't win it. I, I know he wants to win it this year, and the team wants to get it for him. So the good thing is is they still have challenges ahead of them, which is really what you want going towards the playoffs is you don't want to just be going through the motions in this last 19 games. Right. And you mentioned uh, Wayne Simmons ends up going to Nashville. I don't know if if this had been the Wayne Simmons of say two years ago, maybe that's a different discussion, don't you think? I mean, I don't know that he's he's quite the player that he was. Well, he was hurt to start the season, so he's he's okay. definitely played better of late. But I don't know if he'll hmm. ever get back to that form of the two or three years ago when people think of Wayne Simmons. Um, right, right. You know, I like a lot of what he could have brought to the Lightning. Um, mm-hmm. whether he would actually be a good fit and whether he's the skills and particularly the skating is good enough for the lightning. I'll trust experts on that and mm-hmm. to, to tell me that, you know, Hey, you know, maybe he can't skate as well as, as you need to on the lightning. You don't notice it cause he's skating, you know, with Philly players instead of the lightning players and lightning is one of the fastest teams in the NHL. 
No, that's that's true. Now the one team that did do something, uh, you mentioned the East. Not a lot of trades in the East. Well, that John was Torello. a surprising thing to me. So before we get to Columbus, yeah, one of the things about the Lightning is the teams in the East did very little. All the big names went west, with the exception of Columbus getting names. Is that it's almost like a lot of the GMs in the East said, "This is the Lightning's year. We're not going <laughs> to overpay." Because at the trade deadline, you generally overpay for pieces. You do, yeah. If you're renting a player, especially, right. yeah. So it seems like a lot of the GMs said we're not we're not going to overpay for the biggest pieces because we don't. What what chance is that going to give us against the Lightning? I mean, that's almost what it feels like in the Eastern Conference. You know, Boston added Charlie Coyle, Washington added a couple small pieces, Pittsburgh added some small pieces, uh, the Islanders really didn't do anything. Uh, you know, you start going through the teams and, and and outside of Columbus, who they're all in. I mean, we've talked about. Was Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky are both unrestricted free agents at the end of the year? Were they going to trade them at the deadline? Not only did they keep them, but they added unrestricted free agents in in Ryan Dezingle and Matt Duchesne. They got Adam McQuaid from the Rangers, who we talked about. They picked up another goalie in Keith Kincaid from the Devils. Um, mm-hmm. They went all in. And, you know, Columbus is under a different pressure, too. And, and maybe, you know, part of this is Columbus has never won a playoff series. The franchise, you know, they need to get a playoff series. And before they lost Panarin and Bobrovsky, maybe they said, this is our best shot. You know, if we don't, if we trade them now and essentially try to rebuild, then it's going to be years till we get to a point where we think we can win a series. And secondly, because they were entertaining offers, most likely for Panarin and Bobrovsky, they may have figured out that the Eastern teams aren't going to make moves. Mm-hmm. And maybe they knew, maybe they were able to realize that the Pittsburghs and the Washingtons and the Islanders and the, the Bruins and the Maple Leafs weren't going to make major moves. And so if we make a major move, if, as long as we finish in the top three of our division or at least the first wild card and they're right in the mix there, they don't have to play the Lightning until the Eastern Conference Finals. You might be able to get through those first two rounds, whether, whoever you play, the Islanders or the Capitals or Penguins or whoever, get through that and then you know take your chances in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Lightning. And so, you know, they went all in, and they may lose all those players at the end of the year. Well, but they also have – they may have a bunch of players who, look, they're all unrestricted free agents, and they all like to get paid. So prove it. Right. It makes sense. Uh, and John Tortorella, I mean, he's certainly, you know, one of the few coaches that's, that's won a Stanley Cup. I would trust his decision-making at, at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, Columbus, Columbus – I mean, Columbus is a tough team to play. Look, do you think there is a sense, though – I mean, it's we say – you said it kind of jokingly. I don't – I mean, I don't know that it is a joke. Do you – is there a sense when you see a super team, so to speak, when you see a team that's piling up the points like this? I mean, every night, if you're, if you're in, in Boston or Pittsburgh or someplace and you're, you're, you know, you're looking at the scores or you're looking at the scoreboard, and every night you see Tampa Bay win. I mean, every night, you know, for almost the entire, what, month of December, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and now, now, you know, here we are in February where, you know, they've won nine straight. There's got to be a feeling of inevitability here that you're just like, geez, these guys just don't lose. Well, not only that, you know, so, so at the end of the year, and since the, I believe it was the Montreal game, I think it was December 29th, the Lightning were 17th in goals against as a team. They were middle of the pack defensively. Right. Do you realize, second now, you realize think, right? going into tonight, they were tied for third? Tied for third. Okay, wow. I, and I, mm. They may be moved up or down tonight. I don't know. They were tied for third. In a month and a half, they went from 17th to tied for third. 
They're first on the power play, second on the penalty kill, mm-hmm. first in goals scored, top five in goals against. Uh, they're, they've increased the number of hits this season by, like, I think, 300 or something. They're, they've become more physical as a team, and I think a lot of that's with Adam Ernie, with uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Chernak, and, and some of the other pieces that are on the team now. They do everything well. They play five-on-five five well. They play power play. They play penalty kill well. The five-on-three, they're almost automatic. We were joking about this today before the game. If you had to place a bet, would you take lightning or the field? Yeah, this is that, that's what it feels like, and I would take the lightning just because it feels that way. It feels like the way it used to be when Tiger Woods was in his prime mm-hmm. and you know winning the Tiger Slam. Like every major was Tiger or the field, and you felt, you, you felt weird taking the field. That's kind of how it feels with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, here's the you thing with the Lightning, and assuming they stay healthy, what team out there do you think can beat this team four out of seven? Four times in two weeks. Right. Uh, teams can beat the Lightning. But can you do it four times in seven games? Mm-hmm. The Lightning don't sustain some major injuries. You know, as long as the Lightning, you know, Phil Esposito said it tonight and many others have, you know, the team that's going to beat the Lightning in the playoffs if they lose is going to be the Lightning. It's going to be the Lightning, yeah. It's going to be the decisions they make. You know, Andre, Andre Vasilevsky with a bad turnover tonight to give L.A. the second goal, which tied the game. To try to get too cute with the passes, particularly in the playoffs when they're not calling anything. And everything gets tighter. Mm-hmm. You know, right. But if they stick to their game and their structure, it's hard to see who can beat this team four out of seven games. Now, they could go into a scoring slump like they did the last two and a half games of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. It's very possible. But you know, this team this year is scoring better. They're more efficient on the power play. They're more efficient five on five. They have more depth scoring. This team is a better team than last season. But you get a hot goalie in the playoffs and, and – that can change. And a, a, ba- a bounce here, a funny, you know, post hit here that goes in, you never know. But it, it, the Lightning is head and shoulders better than everyone else this season so far. It doesn't mean they win the cup, but, boy, I like their chances. Yeah, I think everybody does. It, it, is, it is a different year when you get in the postseason, but really the Lightning have been battling themselves in complacency since almost halfway through the year. And what they've done really well is find ways to challenge themselves, whether that's on the defensive side, um, you know, just attack it one game at a time, which is cliche. But for a team that has the kind of lead they do, it'd be very easy to to kind of put it on cruise control, play 500 hockey, and and still win going away, you know, in in, in your division. So uh, in in the Atlantic Conference, so I, I just think that they have they have the maturity as a team to find new ways to challenge themselves and they've managed to compete against themselves. Not, you know, really perfection is what they're competing against. They're trying to become the perfect team. They're trying to be as perfect as they can be each night and they're coming damn close to it. So, you know, that's, that's a credit to them to push this thing to a hundred points like they have in 63 games. That's how you get a historic season. That's how you have a special team. I think everybody recognizes that. And, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All that said, 
it won't matter until they get to the postseason and then prove it there. And I think they all all sort of realize that. And there also is, I would imagine, in that locker room, a feeling of trust. You know what I mean? This is, you know, this is the management. This is the coaching staff. This is everybody saying, "Look, you have proven to us that everything we need is already here." And like you said, a lot of those pieces were added last season that continue to play and become, you know, even stronger. And so I, I think that's probably that trust will be rewarded. You know, players feel that even though they would have adjusted to whatever deal they would have made, it's still, it's still, there's nobody leaving the room. There's nobody having to go away and then having to integrate something else in as part of your team. Everybody knows their role now. There's a lot of guys that have to sacrifice and, and are having trouble getting onto the ice and everybody is pulling the same direction. So I I can completely understand why there was no deals made. And look, as, as long as they continue to play like they are, um, we'll find out what happens in the postseason. But this has been a special year, and they're special to watch. And just like this game against L.A., I mean, I'm watching this thing, and it's like, you know what? But for – and I know – look, I know L.A. hit some posts too. But like Stamkos – loaded up a few where he just had a couple in his wheelhouse, right? Lightning hit three and, posts on one power play. I, the same power play. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it was incredible. So, you know, if they get the third goal, L.A. may not come back, you know, and I, you credit L.A. for 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 battling mm-hmm. like they did and even taking the league in the third period, but that's their professional hockey team. That's That's what you do when you have champions on your team and know how to fight and continue to fight through the whole game. Um, but they could have put this game away, and and you know they had a couple, a couple bounces go go against them, which is part of the game, and some went in their direction as well, um, because L.A. hit some posts. I mean, there was one period where there, you know, like you said, three on one power play, and I think you know I think L.A. hit two going the other way, so it was just sort of that that sort of period. But um, but man, I I just there's something about watching a team. And I saw this, and this is a terrible parallel in some some respects. But you know, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, um, mm-hmm. they would they would be they would be hanging on nine to six, and then it would be nine to nine, and they'd kick you know a fifth field goal you know at Carolina with no time left, and win for fifteen to twelve. You know, they, but you never like they always knew when it was winning time. You know, if the other team had to make a drive, they stopped them. Mm-hmm. If they had to go down and kick a field goal. They kicked the field goal. If they didn't score any points, they would find a way to win, you know, with with no touchdowns. I mean, it it just was sort of that feeling that, you know what, when it gets to the fourth quarter, when they have to make a play, you know, somebody's going to make a play. Somebody's going to – and that's the same feeling you get with the Lightning. Like there is really no one – you know, they know themselves so well that they're going to find a way to win, and and that's sort of what they've done night after night. And in the NHL, when you're playing that many games, when you're – you know, that far ahead in, in, in your division and in your conference, again, the, the challenge comes from within. And it really says something when they're actually adding to their lead right now. You know, they're pulling further away uh, from other teams. When other teams are, are giving them their best shot because these other teams that come in here, they're most, for the most part, not L.A., but for the most part, they need every single point they can get. You know, if they can get a game to overtime, they need a point. So, you know, right now you're getting the very best of everybody uh, trying to make that playoff push, and yet the Lightning have won nine straight. So that really tells you all you need to know. Okay, so, Steve, I'm headed to the uh, NFL Combine in Indianapolis today. Really, uh, players have come in now and begun some of their physicals, and they'll do some interviews at night with their teams. 
uh, all the way to you know 11 p.m. It's a long day for those guys, but it's the world's biggest job interview for 335 uh, players who are fortunate enough to get invited, and most of those guys are all top players on their on their team and looking for draft spots. And uh, so this is this is what this is about. It started as sort of a, a centralized location for all the team doctors to examine players medically, and now it's turned into, of course, a spectacle that is televised by many networks on um, on TV, and you get to watch the workouts and, you know, see uh, all that's going on there. So it's really become a spectacle. They even allow fans to go in and watch some of those workouts as well. But there are, there are you know, a couple big storylines, and, of course, I think the biggest one, without question, and we've talked about a little bit uh, about this this week, is Kyler Murray. And, you know, just exactly uh, what he's going to do. He hasn't said whether he's going to throw or not. For that matter, we, we assume he would probably run and do, do some of those things, but we don't know for sure. Uh, and more and more, I think quarterbacks are wanting to control their environment. Uh, Dwayne Haskins will throw, however, so you'll see some guys are competitive that way. Remember when the Bucks had Mark or had Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were competing. They competed against each other and did. And Jameis did very well throwing the football. But it's it's against you know it's with guys you're not familiar with. It's um, it's not scripted the way it will be at their pro days. And scouts look at it like, hey, you know, do the best you can here. Compete against the other guy. And we understand that uh, these are not guys that you typically throw against. But they like to see them want to compete, and that's usually what happens. But uh, on February 28th is going to be the biggest day for Murray, and I assume he's going to allow himself to be measured, but that's when they're going to put him up against the scale and, and measure his height. And he's not going to be six foot tall. We know that. But will he be 5'8 and three quarters or 5'9 and three quarters? And that sounds not like much, but it is something. What's fascinating to me about this whole Kyler, Kyler Murray thing is that he absolutely could find himself as a top five pick. And of course, the Bucks picked fifth. So you're talking about the Bucks maybe trading out of that pick. I assume they're not going to take Kyler Murray. They seem committed to Jameis Winston. Um, but if he does go in the top five, what that does to the Bucks pick and, and just where, where does he go? And I was watching NFL Network and uh, Good Morning Football, and Peter Schrager was talking about, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and, you know, how they have Josh Rosen. But their new head coach, of course, loves Kyler Murray and would you if you're the Arizona Cardinals all being said like if you had Josh Rosen one year he didn't do a whole lot would you be inclined if that was the guy to go ahead and take him number one and then worry about dealing Rosen someplace else I mean these are all these are all fascinating questions and it would seem on the surface that you would you would never do that you wouldn't take a a quarterback in the first round two years in a row but why not if he's the perfect fit for your offense, if you think he's a dynamic player? I mean, a year ago, I don't know that there were a lot of people you know, going into the combine saying that, you know what, the Browns and Baker Mayfield are going to be the best, the best marriage. Like this is, where, this is what the Browns should do. Uh, they should get a quarterback, and it should be Baker Mayfield, and they should take him first. Um, you know, and yet Baker Mayfield turned out to be the perfect pick for them. So – it's, uh, you know, the combine with all the interviews, you're going to hear from a lot of coaches, a lot of GMs. John Gruden, I think, is, is going to be the other part of this big show. Um, you know, I mean, here's Gruden who has three first-round picks, including number four overall. You don't know what he really thinks of Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not the quarterback uh, that he drafted. Of course, John hasn't drafted a quarterback since, like, Josh Johnson in the fifth round for the Bucks many years ago. But you just wonder what John is thinking. And 
look, Oakland controls the draft. I mean, they do. And, you know, Gruden has talked about how, you know, he used to be one of these guys that believed that quarterbacks needed to be six feet or over six feet until, you know, he played Drew, Drew Brees twice a year. Uh, and then, you know, watched Russell Wilson at 5'11", uh, do what he's done. So uh, I think Gruden's going to be entertaining. He's not going to commit to anything, but I guarantee he's going to leave all his options wide open on the table. And and some of that might be lip service. It might be so that somebody else will come up to number four and take the quarterback there thinking that John will take, you know, Kyler Murray. So that that's going to be part of it as well. But uh, they also, you know, have the number 24 pick that they got from the Bears and trading Khalil Mack, and they also they also have number 27. So – uh, watching Kyler Murray, watching Dwayne Haskins throw, uh, some of the other quarterbacks that are you know that are in this this thing, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun just to hear from and um, and see how they all measure because there's always that guy that jumps out, uh, and then there's always a player that maybe doesn't measure where you want him to. And for for Kyler Murray, it's going to be all about you know he's supposedly over 200 pounds now he's 206 pounds, but what is his height and how does he test? And I think he's going to test very well. And I think people are going to be talking about him very shortly as a, as a top five pick. So um, that's going to be really fascinating uh, for me. And, of course, you know, Mike Mayock, who used to be the draft guru for NFL Network all those years, is now the Raiders general manager. Uh, so Mayock will be available to talk to as well. And I mentioned that uh, Jason Light, the Bucks GM, and Bruce Arians are both going to speak to the media on Wednesday. Jason Light will go first around 11 o'clock. And I think Bruce Arians follows him around 12. We'll have a chance to talk to those guys both on and off the podium, talk about uh, Gerald McCoy and the decision. If there was a decision, he was already in a contract. But to, you know, to pay him the $13 million, retain him, even though you have a very tight, a tight salary cap, also what are some of the decisions that they, they need to try to make and have come to fruition with, with Donovan Smith and Quan Alexander and Adam Humphreys all those are going to play out as well as some of their own free agents like Ryan Fitzpatrick and others. So we'll get some actual answers on the record, I would think, um, where they will address you know some of these these decisions that they frankly have, have been making um, since Bruce Arian was hired. So uh, that's going to be something to watch. There are some other players, too, if you look at the Bucks staying at number five, which is a real possibility. But it's a defensive draft, and, and this lines up well for Tampa Bay because – we know that defense is where they need to go. Uh, they were a historically bad team, giving up 29 points a game last year. Uh, but if you just look at, at the guys that are projected, and there's not a consensus yet, but I would say, Steve, that there's a consensus three. If I was just going to say non-quarterbacks, uh, Nick Bosa is the guy you hear about from Ohio State, projected to go number one if the Cardinals uh, don't go with a quarterback. Um, you know, he's a guy that had that core muscle injury, forced him to leave Ohio State. But we know what his brother Joey has done, and, and he's already considered maybe the best, uh, one of the best edge rushers in the game. Uh, Nick's going to be along that mold. The only problem with him has been his health. He was hurt in high school a little bit, so you have to decide, is this a guy that's going to play a lot of games? Is he going to be 100% for a full season? A small chance that he would fall as far as the Bucks to number five, but Certainly, they'll have to do their homework on him. I think the other uh, guy that you hear a lot in the top uh, top three, anyway, is uh, Quinnen Williams uh, from Alabama. Again, another uh, you know this is a pass rusher, defensive tackle this time. Uh, they couldn't go wrong with either one of these guys. But when you look at what they did a year ago with Vita Vea, remember that Gerald McCoy, who just had a had a birthday, happy birthday, Gerald McCoy, is thirty one years old. Um, you know, 
not many mock drafts have have Williams going or lasting uh, beyond the first two or three picks. But if he were to get to number four, it would certainly be something that the Bucks would welcome. And then the other edge rusher, uh, there's a couple more that, that from the outside at, from the SEC. Josh Allen, the six foot five, two hundred sixty pounder from Kentucky, um, long arms. Uh, you know, had seventeen sacks in the SEC. Great edge rusher, a guy that's uh, I think definitely going to be a top five pick anyway. Uh, would would certainly be a welcome addition uh, to the Bucks. And um, frankly, uh, someone that I know I should be more familiar with, but I'm not. But he, this guy had 22 and a half sacks the last two years. Is Montez Sweat from Mississippi State? He also is a uh, sort of a long playmaking defensive end that uh, you know did very well in the SEC. 30 tackles for loss the last two years. Has a lot of strength, and so I think those are all the defensive linemen. One of those guys, particularly if there's a quarterback that goes in the top five, is going to get pushed to them. I mean, that's inevitable. Um, you'll also hear a lot about cornerbacks in this draft, and the Bucks could use another corner. You know, you have Brent Grimes that is now uh, going to move on, and so you don't know how Vernon Hargraves is going to come back. Of course, they drafted Carlton Davis last year, MJ Stewart. Uh, but Greedy Williams out of LSU is probably the top corner in this draft. Another long body guy that's six foot three. Somebody they don't really have like that. Um, not a real physical player in terms of you know tackling in the run games. But when you think about the big, tall receivers in the NFC South, this is a cover corner. This is a guy that's a lockdown guy. When you think about the Saints with Michael Thomas or Julio Jones, um, you know in Atlanta, I think that uh, that Greedy Williams would be one of those guys that they would plug and play. And you know what well, was a year ago that. Uh, the Bucks still get knocked, and and maybe rightfully so. Time will tell for passing on on Derwin James. You know the safety from FSU that went to the Chargers and made the Pro Bowl. So would they would they pass on another Pro Bowl talent at that position? So we'll be looking at all those guys. Uh, a lot of chance, a big chance to talk to all of them. We'll have interviews. Uh, I'll be having updates throughout the day about how some of these guys test on TampaBay.com, and of course. Uh, we'll play some of those interviews for you on Sports Day Tampa Bay. So I'm looking forward uh, to the combine, which is sort of the unofficial start of the 2019 season. I mean, uh, they, you know, the teams have been doing a lot of their work. You've got sort of convergence of both the draft, which is coming up in April, uh, and then also m- more immediacy is free agency, even though they're looking at the draft right now, and that's their focus. But free agency is right around the corner, March 11th through 13th with that three-day window where you can make deals and then March 13th at 4 p.m. the start of the New Year League year where you can sign free agents. So uh, there'll be a lot of talks about both at this Combine. We know there's a lot of interest in the Combine. There's a lot of questions about uh, both the NFL and the Bucks, as well as the Rays and the Lightning. So we're going to have a popular mailbag segment on Wednesday. If you want to go ahead and submit those questions, do so on Twitter at SportsDayTB or you can send them to me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or email them at rstrout at tampabay.com. Our mailbag segment, again, will be for Wednesday, so get your questions in now. All right, so finally, what the hell's wrong with the Rays, man? Ooh, 0-4. Oh <laughs> 0-4. Oh oh it's like the start I mean, of last season. I'm telling you, didn't they learn anything? Didn't they learn anything at all? You can't get out to that kind of – well, look, it's spring training. Okay, I get it. But come on, boys. Let's try to win one, huh? Win one for the Gipper. Come on now. But this is nothing, obviously. It's, it's so early. It's laughable. Um, but – you know, uh, they, they're showing some good signs with the guys they need to see some things from. And, and others, maybe they're just not winning games right now. But we're, this is not a thing yet. At what point, though, let me ask you this question in all seriousness. 
if they got to zero and seven or zero and nine, <laughs> would that start to worry anybody? I mean, it doesn't count. No. Right? Well, you know, look. I think the biggest thing in spring training, especially this early, is no injuries. Exactly. You want to avoid that. Exactly. But I mean, that's right. You know, your starters at this point, you know, you're. you're Probably playing a handful of game, and they're only playing the first three or four innings, and then they're yeah, they're getting offers. one or two at bats at much, right? right? At most, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you know your 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 main guys are doing okay, getting work in, and you know doing yeah. what they need to do, and your minor league guys give up leads, I mean, you don't yeah. want to see that happen. But you know, are you going to? This is akin. Season? Yeah, this is akin to like the first preseason game in the NFL, where you know your starters might play a quarter, if that, right? And you might have two possessions. And so you come out of there and you're winning ten to nothing, but lose the game, whatever you know, pick a score twenty to ten because those guys never play again. But you're kicking the crap out of some. It really doesn't, like you said, it doesn't really matter. But it's fun that baseball is back. I actually turned on the TV and there was baseball. It was, it was like, wow, this is really cool, man. There's like baseball is here, and and um, it won't be long before they're. I mean, the season starts this year in March. March twenty eighth, I believe it is. Yeah. So it's against the Astros at home for the Rays. That's uh, four weeks from Thursday. It's going to come at you fast. And, you know, with the NHL playoffs around the corner, it's going to be an exciting time. you got March Madness is coming up. So this is one of my favorite times of year. The weather is turning beautiful. Thank God we got a little respite from the heat today. It got uh, nice and dry and about 70. It was a gorgeous day today if you had a chance to get out and about. It was. And oh Valspar's coming up. we got the Grand Prix of St. Oh, Pete yeah. coming up. Still a chance that Tiger Woods, by the way, plays. He has not ruled it out yet. He doesn't know what his schedule is going to be. He's not playing this week. Um, he is going to play Bay Hill, I think, and we'll see what he does for there and his tune-up for, you know, for the Masters, which is what he's most concerned about. But he had, you know, what Tampa Bay fit his eye pretty well. He finished second in that tournament. It kind of got him, launched him into a pretty good year in his comeback. So you never know. There's, they still haven't ruled out. Uh, wouldn't it be something if Tiger Woods comes back to uh, to Valspar? That would be pretty cool. So our thanks uh, for you guys listening. And just remember, uh, you know, we really want you to uh, support this podcast. And, and uh, I know you have a choice of air conditioning companies. Please try our folks at Millionaire. I'm telling you, right now they're offering 0% interest for 72 months, qualifying uh, train equipment, and you can give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of their great offers. Trust the masters of comfort. Trust Millionaire. I'm off to Indianapolis. We'll talk to you tomorrow for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.